a reading from the Acts of the Apostles. After Jesus had been taken up into heaven, the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away. When they entered the city, they went into the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. All these devoted themselves with one prayer according to God, together with some women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. The word of the Lord. O oh, blessed Virgin Mary, you carried the Son of the Eternal Father. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. He has shown the strength of his arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the church he has sent away empty. He has come to help his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Dominus Fobiscum, et cum spiritu tuo, 
Lexio Sancti Evangelii Secundum Lucum. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? The angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who is called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. Verbum Domini. It was in the 1500s that the great Jesuit missionary, St. Francis Xavier, traveled and brought the Christian faith for the first time to Japan. And the Jesuits continue to be involved to this day in bringing the faith there. In the 1940s, there was a group of Jesuits who were there who were striving to live the message of Fatima, and they prayed the rosary together every day. They were located in Hiroshima. And it was on August 6th, 1945, that horrible day on which two nuclear bombs were dropped, one in Hiroshima, one in Nagasaki, that the Jesuits in Hiroshima were just eight blocks from ground zero. Everything around their house was annihilated. Everyone around their house was annihilated, but they were preserved. And Father H Hubert Schiffer, one of the Jesuits who was there, gave over 200 talks bearing testimony how they were preserved 
And he attributed it to living out the message of Our Lady of Fatima, where she, in every apparition, asked us to pray the rosary every day. And the fact that there, he and his Jesuit brothers prayed that rosary every day. That he saw as the only reason why they were preserved. That and many other miracles of the rosary are recounted in Father Donald Calloway's book, Champions of the Rosary, which I highly recommend. And just one other brief story that he tells happened in 1978. You remember the serial killer Ted Bundy and over 30 people were killed in his killing sprees. And one occasion, he had gone to Florida State University, killed two of the girls there. He opened the door, it was at night, of one other girl with his knife intending to kill her when he felt repelled and dropped the knife and ran. When the police later interrogated the girl, she was in a catatonic state. She just was so shocked by this event. She wanted to see a priest. And in fact, it was a priest, Monsignor William Kerr, who talked to her. And she said that when she had gone to Florida State, her mother had made her promise that she would not go a day without praying the rosary. And she, in fact, had fallen asleep with the rosary in her hand while she was praying the rosary. Later, as Ted Bundy was on death row, he was executed in 1989. He asked to see a priest, and it was this same priest, Monsignor William Kerr, who talked to him. He said that he had intended to kill this girl, but for some reason he was repelled. When he entered that room, he's trying to understand what happened. And Monsignor Kerr explained to him, hopefully, he made his confession before his execution. And so this book, and of course, many of these events in history, help illustrate the power of this simple little prayer, popular prayer, loving a prayer that we love to pray, and something that, although it is simple and small, it is something that is so powerful and so profound. And today, I'd especially like Venerable Lucia dos Santos to teach us about the rosary. Do you know who Lucia is? As they say in Portugal, Lucia. So she is one of the three children of Fatima who had the apparitions, witnessed the apparitions at Fatima in 1917. Jacinta and Francisco were canonized in 2017. And it was this past June 22nd that Pope Francis acknowledged her heroic virtues. And so she is now Venerable Lucia dos Santos. And she lived to be 97 years old. And we think of the apparitions happening on the 13th of the month. And she died on the 13th of the month. February 13, 2005, at the age of 97. <clears throat> and she had many years, of course, in her Carmelite life, religious life, to contemplate these events of Fatima, the message of Fatima, uh, 
she was to remain, Our Lady told her, to make these messages better known. And it was, in fact, after the apparitions had occurred in 1925, December 10th, that she received another apparition about the first Saturdays, today's first Saturday. And we have the first Saturday rosary immediately after our Mass today, praying in reparation for the blasphemies and all of the things against Our Lady, praying in reparation. And so I encourage you to stay with us as we pray that first Saturday rosary. And Our Lady said to Lucia in that apparition that she would especially assist with the graces necessary for salvation at the hour of a person's death. To make a confession, go receive Holy Communion, to pray the rosary in reparation, and to spend 15 minutes apart from the rosary meditating on the mysteries in reparation to Our Lady, and that she would especially assist us in the hour of death. Deacon Juck was telling me that his father began to make those first Saturdays in 1984, and he did so until his death. And Brent, who we're happy to have serving on Saturdays so often with us, told me that it was a message of Fatima that brought him into the Catholic faith. And when he went to World Youth Day, he was so happy to be able to actually go to Fatima in Portugal, something that had been such an instrument in his own coming to receive all of the benefits of our faith. But let's let <clears throat> Venerable Lucia teach us about the power of the rosary. And let it encourage us to pray the rosary daily I love something that she said in, on EWTN. We have the rosary aired four times a day. So I think it's in each qu quarter of the day, there's at least a rosary that you can join in. Of course, you can do so also on demand. There's a lot of wonderful offerings there if you want to pray the rosary there. And on first Saturdays, we have the rosary prayed here. But I love something that she said that the rosary, she said, was dictated by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's a prayer that comes from heaven. How is this so? The Gloria, she said, was dictated by the Father to the angels at our Lord's birth. Glory to God in the highest. But then we also make it a Trinitarian prayer in which we praise the Holy Trinity. So think of that when you're praying the glory be of those angels at the incarnation. <clears throat> that the Our Father was dictated by the Son. So he taught us, when he was asked, teach us to pray, he taught us the Our Father that we begin each decade with. The Hail Mary was also dictated by the Father to the angel Gabriel when he says to Mary, Hail, full of grace. And by the Holy Spirit, when he inspires Elizabeth to say, blessed are you among women. And then the last part really happened during the Black Plague when people, one third of Europe died from the Black Plague. And we're asking Our Lady to help us now and at the hour of our death. So isn't that a beautiful way for us to reflect on this prayer? And of course, 
It's a summary of the gospel. Uh, Venerable Fulton J. Sheen, I think I've, here it is. He said, if you wish to convert anyone to the fullness of the knowledge of our Lord and of his mystical body, then teach him the rosary. One of two things will happen. Either he will stop saying the rosary or he will receive the gift of faith because we're reflecting on the mysteries of our Lord. And Lucius says that what it does, reflecting on these, remembering these mysteries of our Lord's life, going through the beginning to the end and now the glory, is that it's a radiance of light supporting the smoking torch of our souls. So if this wick is about to be extinguished, about to go out, it reignites you know, that, that flame again as we reflect on the mysteries of our Lord's life. And I like something she says, too, about those who maybe don't pray the rosary too well. She says, even for those souls who pray without meditating, the simple act of taking the beads to pray is already a remembrance of God and of the supernatural. So when we're picking up that rosary, it's a reminder, it's a looking toward God, it's a reminder of the supernatural, the reality of the supernatural. And she said, Our Lady insists that we pray the rosary every day because she knows our inconstancy, our weakness, and our need. Isn't that true? That we experience that. And the rosary especially is going to help renew our fervor. In fact, Pope St. Paul VI, he wrote an encyclical on the rosary. And here are six fruits, he said, of praying the rosary. One, it teaches your soul religious sensitivity. You become more sensitive to the things of the spirit. Second, it sanctifies your youth. We know that our young people have so many challenges facing them today, so many temptations surround them. The rosary, the family rosary, is especially going to help preserve their virtue. Third, it makes you persevere in good. When you're ready to give up, get that, that rosary. Begin praying the rosary. It will help you persevere in good. Fourth, it makes those who pray it together friends in faith. This is a prayer that we can actually pray together, the same words, meditating on the same mysteries, being united with Our Lady as the apostles were and the disciples in the upper room that we heard in today's first reading. They were around Mary, with Mary. Fifth, it fosters contemplative prayer as well as a prayer of praise and petition. And sixth, it obtains graces for you and for others. Powerful prayer. And Lucia said that in these last times, the Most Holy Virgin has given a new efficacy, a new effectiveness to the recitation of the rosary to such an extent that there's no problem no matter how difficult it is. 
that cannot be solved by the rosary. Encouraging words. All well-intentioned people, she said, can and should recite the five decades of the rosary every day. And then the last one, especially those who would say, well, it's kind of a monotonous prayer. Here's what a Venerable Lucia says. When lovers are together, they spend hours and hours repeating the same thing. I love you. What is missing in the people who think the rosary monotonous is love. And everything that is not done for love is worthless. So bring love into that as you contemplate the mysteries. Bring love into that as you remember the world shrouded in darkness when God rains light upon the earth. Hail, full of grace. The incarnation happens. The most powerful moment in all of human history. And that's why we repeat it. That we want to, like those apostles and disciples in the upper room, to be with Mary, the virgin in prayer. To be with her now, where her, her intercession is even more powerful because she's in glory and asking her to pray for us as we repeat the angelic salutation and all these prayers dictated by the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, as Venerable Lucius tells us. Let us be renewed in our, our commitments to pray this powerful prayer. And we will, she said, see no problem that will go unsolved.